Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, driving passion for sport and communities throughout Ireland and abroad. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action like we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their second year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers on their new and used vehicles exclusive to all GEA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out reno.ie forward slash GEA to find out more. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. If you want to tip the scale, just remember that then. And a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. What a magnificent day of Gaelic football and what a magnificent day for Gaelic football. There hasn't been a Sunday like it in the modern era of the GAA. Two massive underdogs win against all odds and there are magnificent, joyous scenes. Grown men crying their eyes out on national television. Colin O'Reardon and David Power down in Cork and Mickey Graham and Raymond Galligan up in Armagh overcoming the moment with what they had achieved against the backdrop of COVID. If anyone had any doubt just what the provincial championships mean, then last Sunday offered full, undeniable evidence. And it turns out that things like history and tradition and emotion and raw hunger do matter after all. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. My name is Paul Rouse, and I'm joined today by Ushin McConville, the former Armagh footballer, and by Kieran Sheehan, the Cork footballer, who is here wearing deepest black. We're going to do a couple of things today. Later in the show... We're going to pick out the best player in each provincial championship and also the best newcomer in each province. But there is only one place to start today. And it's with a Munster final where Tipperary emerged as Munster champions for the first time since 1935. We're joined by Declan Brown, a man considered to be Tipperary's greatest ever footballer. Declan, what did yesterday mean to Tipperary football people? Uh, it's, it's incredible, Paul. Um, you know, 85 years is, is a long time. 
Um, you know, a lot of people have tried and a lot of players, a lot of administrators, a lot of kit men, they've all been down this road and we've always got the, the claps on the backs for, for being so close in, in a couple of occasions and like to finally get over the line is, is it's incredible. You know, the only pity is there was none of us there to, to witness it, you know, um, but other than that, like, we won't give it back all the same. But it's it's been um it's been incredible the last couple of hours you know um and I can only imagine what the players are feeling. Did you shed a tear yesterday yourself? Unbelievable! Kicked every ball in the in the in the sitting room as well, Paul. It was um, you know uh, the start we got was incredible, you know, and I think we couldn't have asked for anything better. And I think it kind of flustered Cork a bit. Um, you know they went back into their shells. So we once we got that start and our lads were were on a bit of a high, and they're well able to play ball. And I think you know. Uh, be honest, with you, there was only one winner after that start for me. Um, I know it's easy to say it after, but um, but like to be so nervous, you know, watching it because tip football is tip football. At the end of the day, we we're prone to doing something um, calamitous, and and you, it's never over till the final whistle goes. But you know, to see to see um, Colin McShottensey coming out with that ball at the end and, and the whistle going was you know something we'll never forget. Did you think Tipperary would win? Hundred percent, yes. Um, and again, I said it on. I've said it on, on on record there as well that once no disrespect to Cork, but once Kerry were beaten, I felt we had a, a great great chance, and you know I, I didn't think we'd have a chance of beating Kerry, but I just feel that the Cork, you know, they were they were on a potential banana skin after taking Kerry out, and it was all depends how they were going to get themselves motivated to to take on Tip in the final. But like our guys have been there, those young lads have all our minor medals, they've played all Ireland on 21 finals, they've played in Crow Park in 16, so like, there's quality in that team, it's just to get the consistency um, and to get our top players playing at the highest level the whole time, and that happened yesterday, so it just showed you were a match for anyone. Why did Tipperary win? Why did Tipperary win? I suppose it's a combination of a lot of things, Paul, like Cork were poor as well, you know, there's no point in saying any different, and I think um, when, when it came down to final straight, when, when you saw the Cork forwards, some of them not wanting to shoot, I felt that once we kept our discipline and didn't we, we didn't concede freeze, we were going to win the match. Um, the history of the, the whole bloody Sunday, the occasion, you know, the jerseys, everything, Colin O'Reardon coming back. There was a lot of factors. The COVID was, is, 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 is an unbelievable disaster for, for everyone in the world, but it kept Michael Quinn living, Liam Casey, around for us um, this year as well. Um, other than that, we, we'd been playing championship in the middle of summer. We wouldn't have had those guys. We wouldn't have had Colin O'Reardon. So there's a lot of factors there, um, Paul, you know, and look, you know, you, you need a bit of a look on the day as well. Um, but, you know, saying that it's it's something that's coming with the last 10, 15 years. Some people could say it's over 100 years or 85 years coming. Um, but, you know, it's hard to pinpoint one particular thing. But it's just, I think the big thing for me, Paul, is we deserve this. No one can say it was a fluke. No one can say there was a, a, a silly goal or a silly sending off or a silly black card because... We go back to 16 against Mayo and we still talk about Robbie Coyley's black card. You know, so we, at least there's nothing like that to, to take away from, from the victory, you know. So it was, it was a combination of a lot of things, but again, we, we don't really care. In, in preparing for, for this game, if you were Tipperary and you looked back at the run of defeats, what made this different though? Like why, what is different between this Tipperary team and the teams, for example, that you played on that came close? It's it's hard like it's hard to you can't really equate it, Paul, because you know you look at the team we played against Cork in 0-2, like that was an unbelievable team. So we came up against great teams as well. Like we had brilliant teams ourselves, but we just happened to come up against great Kerry teams. 
and great court teams, you know. But it's just, I suppose, the belief. Like we won a Munster Minor title in '95, and we thought that this was going to be the next generation and the golden generation that will drive tip football on. Three lads went on to play a senior football championship after that, you know. So that 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 was the, a big a big um, negative for us. Whereas what happened this, to the rest of them? Just lost interest, didn't bother playing again. When playing hurling, every you know, it was just one of those groups that we you thought you might hold together, but it never worked out like that. And we 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 competed in a, in a Munster final in ninety eight under twenty one football, and should have beaten Kerry. So that was a dream for us that we bring those guys through. But it just never it never materialised. And plus, there was also super players playing senior football for Tip at the time, so it's very hard to, to to shift them. So this group has you know has a lot of experience, even though it's underage, but. They have a lot of experience of beating Cork and beating Kerry at underage level, which we didn't have growing up. We always got we always got beaten by the Corks and the Kerry. So, like, um, so they were they were just it was just meant to be as well, Paul. You know, you have to, you know, with the year that was in it, the weekend that was in it, it was it was made for us to do something historical, and I'm delighted we did. I presume that delight is tempered with a small bit of envy. Oh, I'm jealous as hell, Paul. Jealous as I won't. There's no <laughs> point in denying it. I, you know, you'd, you'd love to be there. You'd love to be part of it. Love to be playing. You know, and I think every tip footballer will feel will feel the same. But like the satisfaction you get from seeing this happen, um, you know, it it, it overrides that. Um, we all had our day, so that you can't you can look back all you want, but um, we dreamed of this. Like I, I dreamed of being part of it. I dreamed of playing in monster finals, and you know, but regardless of what happened, once we once you got over the line, I think every tip footballer is just is just so emotional and so so proud of that group because they've given us so much um, they give so much joy over the last 10, 15 years you know, like I'll never forget 2016 as long as I live, even though we won nothing 2011, that minor final win was, you know, to be in Crow Park to witness that was was unbelievable so it's just a pity we weren't there yesterday to to, to wreck Cork but, you know, it's um, we'll always be jealous, Paul, no matter, in, in every way of life we'll always like to, look, to turn back the clock and be part of something special you know, that's only that's only natural. But um, to say, you know, we, we cried t- texting all my mates, ringing my mates from and previous teammates, you know, it's it's, it's Yeah, was that going on yesterday? Was, was uh, that going just, on yesterday? In- yeah, du- yeah, during the match and after the match, before the match. Like, as I said, the whole weekend was 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 built up to to something special and rightly so. Um, you know, and I was delighted to see Connor Sweeney saying that the players were were well in tune for this. They didn't. They didn't get carried away with all that, but as as ex players, like we were texting and ringing, and you know, I'd say we missed half some of the matches for by texting each other and wondering what we'd do next, or we'll be hold on, and you know, so it was great. It was great, and it, you know, I read an article in the Examiner a few weeks back. I think it was Joe Cavan and Darrow Shea, and they said that you lose contact with players, you just go off to do different things, and same with tip football. But yesterday brought us all back together again, you know, for for this special occasion. It's nice to get texts and there's a small, small community and we know each other well and we're all in it for the, the, the better good. We'll give out and we'll whinge about players and we'll, why this fella didn't do that and all that. But when it comes together on, on, on a day like yesterday, it's, it's, it's super to be involved in. Kieran, uh, at what stage did you realise that Cork were in serious trouble yesterday? About two minutes into the game, Paul. Um, it was uh, it was literally from the moment the ball was thrown in. I think, and uh, we spoke about this last week in relation to to Cork being, you know, the guys that were going to dictate the game. Um, that that didn't happen. That didn't happen at all. Um, I think Tip got off to an unbelievable start. Um, 
And as I said, like it was a case of, of you know, Hunter be hunted and, and Cork were certainly hunted by tip uh, right from the, when the ball was thrown in. And look, to be fair, I think, look, firstly, I suppose just the congratulations to tip. It was it was amazing to be there um, in relation to the whole occasion itself. Tip were by far the better team um, throughout the whole game. Um, they outplayed Cork, I suppose, in every aspect of the game, really. And, and you touched on it there in relation to the emotion attached to it. it. It was just, you could just see how much it meant to Tipperary players, but Tipperary people as well. Um, you know, there were some media people there, you know, that got really, you know, excited at the end of the game. You know, the interviews we saw, the emotion that was there in the interview itself. And it was, it was just, it was, it was great to see, you know, from a whole GA perspective that, you know, you know, tip, tip football is alive and well. And, you know, it was a, it was a tricky tricky position to be in um you know and we, we saw from Kerry a few weeks back you know and and now Cork on the tail end of it you know from from the other side being the favorites going into the game and it's uh it's a tough position to be in for players players and management you know management can can say everything they want you know we talked about psychology of the game you know going into it going in with the right mindset you can say everything you can possibly say about making them aware of that tip we're going to come hard and we knew that Yet we didn't respond the way we would have wanted. And look, the moral why? of the story. Why didn't you? I think it was a mixture of a couple. Of, I think the, the the biggest thing for me is that our our experience. Um, we had we had a lot of younger guys, um, you know, uh, starting yesterday um, and on the squad. Um, no, I spoke I spoke about that as being an advantage previously, and it can be seen as an advantage, um, but. On, a bi- on the big stage, it's a monster final. There's a monster medal on the line. You know, guys in key positions, you know, just a little bit raw, you know, turned over the ball a couple of times in, in pivotal probably times of the game. Um, and Tip had the, had the experience, had the composure to, you know, respond and I suppose act on our turnovers and, and punish us for it. And um, that ended up being the difference. I think Tip were in control of the game um, from, from the start to the finish. And... Uh, as I said, absolutely well deserved. Is it that? Is it more than that, though? You said last week on the show here that there were people were saying that it would be typical of Cork footballers to beat Kerry and then to lose to Tipperary. Yeah, I, I, I did say that, and and that was that was the the the, the message that was going around. Um, and and I'll just give you a small example. Um, a player I was speaking to a player on the on the Cork panel uh, last week maybe two weeks ago, it was a couple of days after the Kerry game, maybe two or three days after the Kerry game. And he was, he visited his aunt who's in his bubble out in the country, you know, next door neighbor, went in to visit the aunt. And this was maybe three or four days after the Kerry game. And she had the Kerry game on the TV. And he had to ask her to turn the Kerry game off because he was after, he's trying to separate him and move on from, from this game that took up so much, I suppose, physical and mental um, preparation for lead up to it and now he's trying to get away from it um, and I think this generation I think it's 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 very hard to avoid it is a challenge but uh, I said this before Dublin do it very well for example if you can separate yourself from it and completely just go out and perform consistently to the way you want to perform that's what everything's everyone's aiming towards Cork didn't do it yesterday um, it's a massive learning curve for this group of players as I said there's a mix there was a mix of, you know, guys that are just on the panel, their first year on the panel, they made their senior debuts. There's some, some good learning from it. And I think, look, 
you'll just have to sit back and accept that he didn't show up. Um, how do we respond? I, I would, I would imagine we're going to review the game. Um, we're going to look at areas that we can improve, but it's about looking to next year now. Unfortunately, just the way it's gone. But um, as I said, that's that's just the way it's panned out. When when it comes down to it, though, if we leave the psychology to one side, is it not something different again? Though, did Tipperary not have the better footballers, purely and simply? Who did Cork have to match Sweeney, to match Quinlevin, to match O'Reardon, to match Fahey centre back? Yeah, look, I, I, I think Tipperary are a very talented football team. Um, I, I do think that the talent is there in Cork to match that of Tipperary's. I've seen it, Paul. I've seen it. And I, I mentioned it, like, I, as I said, I joined last November and I've seen it in games, I've seen it in trainings, the talent that this group of players have. But it's about putting it together and getting consistency from it. Um, which, which clearly isn't there yet. Um, there's been a lot of change in this Cork group over the last number of years um, in between players, management, everything. So it's about getting the gel right now, I think, with this core group of players. Um, look, obviously, there's going to be talents coming through from minor level. That minor team that won the All-Ireland last year, you know, you start to see some more, you know, guys coming through from, from that squad. Um, and again, as I said, you get exposure to senior football. It's a big step up from under 20, for example, to senior football this year. Guys have got that exposure. I think the talent's there. There's no question about it. I, as you said, I tip outclassed Cork yesterday in every aspect of the game, um, <coughs> tactically and um, ability-wise. Um, they just played to, 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 to their strengths. Connor Sweeney, Quinlevin, as you said, they're just, you know, they're playing with confidence. You know, Quinlevin was putting points over, you know, from the sideline. Um, Sweeney was, you know, just turning, kicking off a step. Um, you know, these type of guys, like, I, I hope I hope they really push on now. They're in a semi-final of an All-Ireland. And for that team, and just watching him, sitting back and watching him yesterday, how structured, organised they were. I'm sure David will have him well-drilled coming into the next game. But I just hope for this team that they can, you know, really put it up to Mayo in this semi-final and, and potentially get a result. Is the defeat of Kerry now completely wasted? Um, it's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, from my from my perspective, it is. Uh, I think, and I I'm only I'm only saying this because Paul, when we spoke about Cork before this Kerry game, I said that Cork need to be winning games and performing and not winning um, isn't isn't good enough. Um, I'd imagine there's there's plenty of Kerry people that are kind of you know sitting back in their seats now after the game yesterday and kind of saying they didn't push on um, that'll give us another bit of an edge going into to next year again um, if we meet them you know so I think that there's a little bit of an element of yes wasted effort and time put into that but again we still reviewed we still you know reviewed the game saw where areas we can grow um, areas that you know. Um, that, that we played well, really well in, uh, against Kerry in terms of possession and time in the ball that we just didn't do against Tip um, yesterday. So, look, an element of it, of it is wasted time, but there's certainly some growth areas to be taken from it. Um, as I said, Cork need to be winning games of football. That's the bottom Deep line. down, deep down, did you actually think that Cork would lose or that, that Cork would actually not beat Tipperary when it came down to it in a Munster final, haven't beaten Kerry? Deep down. Did I think it? No, I thought Cork would win. I thought Cork would win yesterday. Um, Did you fear losing? I, I feared losing. Yeah, and we, as I said, we spoke about this last week. I, I was worried. 
And you asked me, was I worried? And I, I said I was worried um, because I knew the quality of this tip team. I knew that tip didn't fear Cork. Um, but deep down, Paul, I, I thought Cork would would be able to dig deep and, and get a result out. I thought it was a huge test for this team to be able to back it up and be more consistent. Unfortunately, it didn't work out the way they had planned. Um, and look, that's, 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 the, that's the, the, the moral of the story, really. Look, uh, as I said, Cork, I would have said, would have had the ability to beat this tip team. They didn't perform. And, and that's just the way it, the way it panned out. Oshin, over the last couple of weeks, like it really was looking like this punditry thing wasn't suiting you at all. From <laughs> from from some of the, some that some of the predictions, the comments. I mean, it was difficult to know when to start. But then, two minutes and twenty two seconds into the game yesterday, you wrote, "The writing is on the wall for Cork already." How how did you know that? Because Conor Sweeney comes out, he's uh, he's been marked by fullback. There's no reason for the fullback to be six or seven yards off him. He was six or seven yards off him. First three or four attacks that Tipperary got, Cork uh, just looked wide open. Uh, and as much as you know, you talk about the great ability that Tipperary have. Jesus, you would expect first things first. You know, Cork to be just manically in their faces. Uh, and that's what we spoke about last year or last week when we talked about uh, the psychology. Uh, I'd love us to have not talked about tradition last week than talk about this week because we'd all be a hell of a lot more Blew wise. it, absolutely blew uh, it, blew it. Um, but uh, just you can't <laughs> afford to be that far away from, uh, from your man early on. Uh, and that, for me, signals something mentally. And uh, I don't like. I didn't like to see that uh, because I would have thought like uh, Kieran's analogy last week of hunt or be hunted was brilliant, and uh, you know was very obvious from two or three minutes into the game that Cork was sitting back and going to be hunted. So uh, and and temporary have you know exceptional players. Uh, some of those players hadn't performed all year to be honest, but. You know, when it came down to it, uh, when Quinn Living kicked uh, his second point, uh, when the camera pans to him, I think after about 10 seconds after we've seen the replay, we get a cheeky smile. That's a player knowing that, you know, things have turned around for him. Uh, and it's a player knowing that uh, I just want the ball. And you can what does see that. that, feel that like? What does that feel like in a big match? Ah, uh, <laughs> There's no better feeling. <laughs> there really is no better feeling, and, and like you, know, I just I used to spend a lot. Well, I, I had many days like that, but I had some days like that, and I just I was just screaming out the feet, just give me the ball, like, you know what I mean? Because you just want it, and because uh, you know, you know, I, you know what? You know you have to beat me a marker, but you're not even worried if to, if to switch somebody else across you. You just know that you're on your you, that you're on it, and when you're on it as a forward, you're on it. You know, I mean, I hear this. Thing about people saying, "Oh, he's a confidence player." Everybody's a confidence player. Do you know what I mean? If you're playing up front and you know you kick that first one, it's a lot easier to kick the rest of them. But it was just obvious that you know those guys up front were just were singing yesterday, and you know they just wanted the ball, they demanded the ball. You know the 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 runs were better than they had been. Um, you know when you look back on the Limerick game, 
you think, uh, f- first of all, you know, there's a couple of players playing up front for, for Tipperary. Probably if you want to pick them out in particular, Quinn Levin, not playing with a huge amount of confidence, doesn't look, looks a bit lacklustre. Uh, it was anything but yesterday. And, you know, that was the change that I suppose not only was a real signal to Cork, but it also gave his own players a massive lift. Because, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, they know those players know that, you know, he is their main man. Uh, yeah, Sweeney is Sweeney's brilliant as well. But Quinn Levin makes them ticks in so many areas. I like Quinn Levin at at uh, at fourteen for you know for the for the period of time he played. I remember uh, Armagh playing Tipperary in the back door game, and Quinn Levin was a massive handful, you know, in that full four nine. But uh, I think there's a bit more to him. Uh, I like to see him as not only somebody who can get in the end of things, but I think he's a good enough playmaker. Uh, he's tough enough. He's strong enough. He's uh, he seems to be. Uh, fit enough to just to take those knocks, you know, in that sort of central area, and uh, I think he works probably better there. Uh, I'm glad you didn't ask me this question last week because I would have <laughs> said get him back into the full forward lane. It's just not happening for him. But you know, he eventually turned it around and made it happen. How how do you explain how Cork can turn up to a semi final and play like that against Kerry, and then two weeks later come? and play in a monster final, regardless of the opposition, in a monster final, and be unbelievably passive in the tackle, not break tackles when they have the ball, show no aggression around the field, with a couple of honourable exceptions, and I think Ian McGuire deserves honourable exceptions for, for the way he played around the middle. How, how do you explain that shift in performance? It's, 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 a simp- it's, it's, it's explained very, very simply, Paul, to be honest. It's explained in the fact that uh, when they went in against Kerry, nobody gives them a shot. Uh, it is effectively a free shot, even though Kieran told us, you know, that they that they would win the game. But for me, it's a free shot. If Cork lose the game, you know what I mean. People are going to say, "Well, look at, uh, you know, Cork or Cork, but Kerry, you know, are the the biggest challengers we have to Dublin. You know, the run to the replay on a point. You know, this is we're talking with the the greatest team of all time. You know, Kerry will wipe the floor with Cork." Uh, you listen to that. You want to prove those things wrong. You want to uh, you want to win your own corner. You know the motivation is very very simple. It's carry, carry and cork. You know, you know there's a there's obviously a huge rivalry there, border and hatred. So like you know the that's that's the first thing. But the second thing is you know going into that that game yesterday, uh, the motivation. And it's the motivation for a young squad that, uh, that like, when people talk about... Here's the thing. When people talk about Tipperary and the, and the minor, how good they've been at minor, you know, how they progressed at, at under-21, um, Cork are in the exact same position. Cork are used... To, you know, we're talking about a lot of Cork players that are used to winning things. Do you know what I mean? So, like, the motivation for Cork yesterday should have been about not, win, not just winning another game, but it was actually winning something, having some silverware in your hands. That's where the motivation should have come from. And uh, I felt that that, uh, that drive uh, wasn't there. But it's simple. It's up here. And people can keep talking about, you know, how, like and when we get on the cabin, then we're in a whole new stratosphere of what's going on upstairs, uh, Cavan and Donegal. But, <clears throat> but um, from a cog point of view, they just couldn't find the drive that they had done the, the last day. They did, you know, there was there was uh, too much of a of a concentration on where my legs are at after five minutes, and 
you know what I mean? Everybody feels out on their feet after five minutes of the game. The first thing you think about in a big game is, you know, Jesus, you know, have I have I done the training that I needed to do? All of a sudden, you start to relax into the game. But the biggest point for me was that when the game did settle down a little bit, temporary players looked more comfortable on the ball, I thought. I thought Corkwise looked a little bit more nervous. And that is the weight of expectation. And that is the weight of people saying all week, and, and players try to avoid all this talk, but uh, the talk of uh, we have to back it up. We must back it up. We have, do you know what I mean? Instead of concentrating more on the performance, and I'm sure, like, I, I know that it was, well, what Cork's preparation would have been meticulous. And I, I listened to Kieran last week and, I, and he talked about, you know, how they were breaking it down, all those sort of things but it still seeps in the players. Do you know what I mean? It's about, uh, it's, about the, it's about the shift in mentality from one week to the next. There's no excuse for it, Paul, only that it's sport. And it's, it's, happening, it's happened for generations. It's happened in professional sport, amateur sport, you know, Olympic Games. You, you talk about people who find a little bit more and, and also on the flip side of that, the people who can't find what they found the previous week. And as I say, it's, you know, sport is, there's a litany of examples of this happening in sport and this is just the latest in that saga. Declan, we we have to talk about David Power and the job he did. And he was, he was very emotional after the game when he was speaking. And we also have to talk about Colin O'Reardon, whose raw emotion just revealed itself in that brilliant interview with Damien Lawler on RTE after the game. How important in particular was Colin O'Reardon to, to yesterday's win? It was massive, Paul. Um, I suppose a lot, of, a lot of the talk down our way for the last couple of weeks was, is he going to be involved and can he be involved? And, and then when he got clearance from the Swans to, to, um, to play the, or to be eligible for the Munster final, the talk came down to then, will he start or, or what do you do with him? So it was a, it was a conundrum for, for Davy Power in a way because you know you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't and I, I saw merits to both sides with straight away obviously enough um, but there was always also some poor guy was going to be dropped off to 26 to facilitate Colin who had been training all year as well so that's the that was the backlash that David had to be wary of and in fairness to him you know once, once Colin was available he had to start and that was you know without question um, and to me it probably was the win of the game in the end um, you know what he did what I really loved about him Paul was when he got the ball he was breaking through tackles whereas yeah. now, nowadays I feel like the fella will feel a bit of contact and his natural instinct is to, to turn and, and hand pass the ball back the way and recycle it again and not to not to get turned over but he drove forward he put the arm across the, the, the opponent's body and got the, the front foot and, and got through and, and the thing that surprised me most um, Paul and Kieran will probably know about a lot more obviously than I would have this but his ball kicking, the, the kicking into the forwards three or four times was absolutely top notch. You know, for a fella that hadn't probably kicked the ball, a round ball in five years. So that side of his game, so once he had that perfected over the last four or five weeks, you know, it, it gave great impetus to our forwards because number one, you had a clean ball winner, uh, primary possession, and number two, he was able to deliver a ball. Whereas, as I said before, most people will, will win primary possession. They'll throw it to someone or they'll pass it back for someone else to do it. So, he was incredible, Paul. Like, and to see, like, you know, we were all crying after the final whistle, but like, we, we all went into tears again listening to, to his interview. 
and what it, what it meant to him because we like, we said it back in 15 um when we lost him to to Aussie rules like that was just you know for that man he won a minor medal at 15 he played senior probably at 17 or 18 against Galway I remember watching him in Tullamore he was exceptional and then to hear his you'd be delighted from on one side and you'd be devastated on the other side that you're, you're losing this lad um so again COVID worked out again Paul he was home and he was available so like David as I said had a big call to make if we lost would it be a different story probably but he can you know he can just tell them all go away now and you know he's he, he's justified in what he did we like to think about football now and the preparation that goes into it and the amount of aspects of the game but really this idea of emotion being at the heart of it still yeah like, there's desire as well Paul like Oshin hinted there like it's it's like, I was never one for psycho- psychologists or anything like this or like, there's tactics and there's you know obviously you have to listen to managers and all that but when you're out across that white line like Oshin said like you know if you're on it or not like and, and that's the way I'd be looking at yesterday and from the start like Connor Sweeney to get the first two points from play that he got without a hand being laid on him was just you know we'd all love that in a, in a Munster final like it I remember you played finals or, or matches and you'd have a you'd have a clip around the ear or you'd have someone digging in the guts before any ball came your way. So so those lads, Connor and, and Mikey knew then that they would have had the freedom in the park. And by God, the day like they turned up, Connor has done it. And Oshin said again, like Mikey had been probably a bit off form for the last couple of games. But like the points he kicked yesterday, like you have to say, you know, we're 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 as a top drawer and we knew then something special was was coming down the line and and the cheeky grin did. You know, I, I was proud of that one myself because he just you just knew he was he was enjoying it. He knew he wanted the ball every time and every time he got the ball, they probably knew that they could conjure up something between the two of them because like they have a great understanding between the two of them. And but again, they got it easy for the for, for the first half. The Cork defenders were I suppose it was a big ask for five twenty two year olds to go out and mark experienced lads like when living in Sweden too, you know. So maybe Cork got that got it got that a bit wrong even though like they had won a lot underage um, but like it comes down to desire it comes down to that bit of hunger bit of drive and a bit of confidence that you get when things are going your way and tip tip of being like that in the last few years that if they get a, a hold and you have to get a, if, if they get on the front foot they can turn the screw <clears throat> it's just we, we don't do it consistently enough but it's nice when it works out on the big day Kieran, uh, are Cork footballers too nice um no uh, I no I don't know I don't know where that came from um no I would I, I wouldn't think so well it comes um, down from the space that Connor Sweeney got the space that Michael Quinlivan got and all the way through the game when Tipperary were, were running through you never really got the sense that a Cork player was going to yeah you know, make a, a really serious physical contribution yeah. Look, uh, I don't think branding him as as not being or as being too nice is is the way to put that. I think like Oshin and 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 Declan touched on it there, but it was just that they were off the mark ball. Like yeah, like when when you look at it, and 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 Declan did touch on it there in relation to the experience, right? And this is this is never a, never an excuse for a monster final, but you know, eight, eight players for Cork that were used for un, under the age of twenty two. Um, you know, um, Conal Kennedy was the only player. That was under twenty five for the starting team for Tipperary, um, and and to me, to me, and we spoke about it. That first ten minutes of that game was always going to decide what way it was going to go. 
Um, and and you know, unfortunately, Connor did get away uh, a couple of times and got some some really good scores early on, and and that impacted impacted the team. I think from a from a mental point of view as well. Um, but look, like take a small step back and look at where Cork's at at the moment in relation to to the youth that's there. They are, as much as people hate to hear it, they are in a developmental stage um, in relation to, to, to Cork football. And Cork, Cork is, is put so high up in relation to expectation for everyone in Cork. And, but there needs to be a small element of patience with this group, group of players um, and understand that they're coming. They, they learned a massive lesson yesterday, um, but I think that will stand to them in time. Um, but I, I absolutely don't think they're too nice. I think there's plenty of aggression in the group. It's just finding it and bringing it to light at the right time. Uh, w- one more question before we go to the Ulster final. Uh, this, this Declan, do, it's a really good point that Kieran has made there about the age profile of the Tipperary team. Is there anything coming in Tipperary that will replace Quinlevin and Sweeney and O'Reardon when he goes back? Or is this, is this a generational thing and then Tipperary will disappear back into the fog again for another decade or two decades or three decades? That's the big, that's the big worry we have, Paul. Um, like we knew, like with David Power, he was involved in the development squads back to, to, to drive football and, you know, it got a lot of traction. We got a lot out of it. We got a lot of players. We got a lot, a lot of success. And unfortunately, that you know that same developmental issue um, or thing is isn't there. It's not in situ. So we basically have to make the most of it. You know, there's 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 an awful lot of young good footballers coming through, Paul. There's no there's no doubt about it. But you, you asked the question: Can they replace Sweeney, Quinlivan, Arir? Well, uh, Colin is probably different. He's going to be gone anyway. Yeah. But can they can they replace Sweeney and Quinlivan? You know, can any county in Ireland replace those two? And that's that's the reality we're going to be we're going to be set with in in, in, in a few years time, um, but we can't you know we can't um, we can't account for that now, but to me the structures probably aren't in place to to get the same to get the amount that we got out of what we got out of fifteen years ago. It's definitely it's definitely not in place. So I think now obviously we have to make hay while the sun shines, um, but it, it is it would be a pity for this to to fall back under under the carpet again and, and not to, to rise his head again for another 10 or 15 years obviously enough we're, we're probably in transition from underage we're not competing well we're getting well beaten we haven't won an, an under 20 match or an under 21 match I think in a while and I was involved myself in under 21 we got beaten by Limerick after extra time so extra those time, like, yeah. yeah so that doesn't that doesn't bode well you know you need you, kind of, you need that bit coming through the whole time but saying that we will always have footballers willing to play for tip and it, the quality of that is is you know you get exceptional players coming along every now and then that you'll you'll never replace so well, what we have to try and do now is hope that this win will make another generation want to play football you know i, I hate to say this but you go back you look at john Marr for for you know he went in with the tip hurlers this year and didn't make the 26 for the, the, the game at the weekend. He'd have been full back, presumably. A, cert, a certainty full back, Paul. You know, so that that to me, Paul Maher from Kilsheed and Kilcash, same way it was on the football team last year, was on, didn't make the hurling panel this year. You know, so we have guys like that. You know, it's easy to say it now after the event, but like, how must they be feeling? You know, like John Maher, like, was probably the best hurler and footballer in Tipperary this year. And, you know, to, to watch both games at home at the weekend, 
is, you know, to me, it's, 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 you know, it's a disaster. It's a disaster to football. It's a disaster for himself, but that's the choice he made, you know, so I feel really, really sorry for, for him. Would you bring him um, back I, into the panel for an All-Ireland semi-final? I wouldn't, no, no. I, I, well, I, I wouldn't because, you, you know, you have, to, you have to live by your choices too, and that's, unfortunately, the, the way it is. Um, he picked the hurl at the start of the year, but, like, my God, what, like, what a difference. And we're saying, like, we're saying it all along, like, my own club mate, Peter Atchison, emigrated to, to, to Dubai, yeah. you know, one of the top players in the country. You know, you'd love to have him back. You know, and we, we've said it all along, if we had Lee McGrath, you know, the minor captain of 11 went travelling, he didn't get back with COVID. You know, so there's players out there that would add, you know, massively to, to this setup and for the next three or four years. But you have to, you have to go with the, the, the hands you're dealt with, Paul. And to answer your question, I would be worried for, for what's coming down the line, but I think we'll enjoy this for, and hope these lads have another two or three years in them and, and see, can we build again? It didn't seem possible at, at, at four o'clock on Sunday afternoon that the emotion that was on display or had been on display down in Cork could be replicated up in Armagh, but it was at least matched by the scenes after the full-time whistle. And I think, I think it's really interesting. That I think it's related to COVID as well. There were long stretches where the highest incidence uh, of COVID in Ireland, the highest incidence rate in, in, in Ireland was in County Cavan. And Raymond Galligan, the Cavan goalkeeper, gave an extraordinary interview on BBC after the game yes, yesterday, where he talked about the people from his own parish who had lost their lives. He cried most of the way through that interview. And it was, it was a very moving thing to watch. And his interview followed on from an interview where, in which the team manager, Mickey Graham, had actually had to walk out of the interview. He was crying that much that he, he, he couldn't speak. Oshin, what was it like to be in Armagh yesterday to see what Cavan did? Truly unbelievable. Truly privileged to be there. Um, couple, the amount of people that texted me after the game and said how privileged I should have been to, to be there, and I was. And uh, the moment was not lost on me. Uh, grown men crying. Uh, I, I'm 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 staying clear of any Christmas movies this week because I'm I'm on the, I am on the verge. I'm gonna have a cry. I know I'm gonna cry at some stage this week. I think it started on Saturday night, and it sort of it moved on from there. Uh, but but the one thing I don't want to get to get to get lost in all of this is uh, how good Cavan were as individuals, but also tactically. It was perfect. It wasn't good. It wasn't almost perfect. It was perfect. What was perfect? Uh, everything about them. Uh, before the game, I don't know if you listened to Mickey Hart, but he said, like, you know, Kevin cannot push up on, on the kickouts because that is, you know, it's football suicide. And uh, what they did was they did a false press. They put 5v6 and they walked like demons. Uh, to try and stop that uh, that kick out, they wanted the ball to go to the middle of the field because they fancied themselves out there, uh, and they also by playing five against six, they were able to play uh, Killian Brady in the and what I will also would from now on be known as the Conal Callahan area. Um, I know we're never that's a game on Saturday we're never going to speak of, but uh, <laughs> but the the three kicks or four kicks that that Tuxen kicked. Uh, Conor Callaghan in that position. Uh, Patton has that in the locker. 
Uh, they've been doing it for years. Murphy flexed the ball on. Ray McHugh runs on to it. They took that completely out of the equation. Michael Langan is the best up-and-coming footballer in, in Ulster. Has been shooting the lights out. Was the difference when they played against Tyrone. Was brilliant against Armagh. Uh, they put Killian Brady on him. And Killian Brady headed for the full forward line. And nobody would see Killian Brady heading for the full forward line. He was named in the middle of the field. He started on him at, at wing back. He's played in the full back line. <clears throat> and he headed for corner forward. And uh, Langham was forced to follow him. And he followed him for at least 20 uh, minutes of the game until Killian Brady got the black card. Uh, so they took Langan out of the game in that way. Uh, no surprise that, you know, when Killian Brady gets the black card, uh, Donegal win that next period 7-1. And, uh, and to be honest, only for that black card, I'm convinced that Cavan would have won the game a lot more comfortably. Uh, they were breaking the lanes, uh, the uh, ball through the hands. Uh, if anybody who was there, or maybe you could pick it up on TV, I'm not sure. Uh, but when... A an opposing goalkeeper sets the ball down and you're playing against Donegal, he only has it sitting on the tee and all you can hear is time, 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 time. And uh, they start this and it starts from the full forward line. It goes through the rest of the players. It goes into the stand. It goes to the subs and they put serious pressure on them. But you know what I love about Raymond McGalligan? Raymond McGalligan would have stood there all day until he until he was he was ready to kick it. Yes, he had to kick a couple in the middle of the field. Yes, they lost a couple around the middle of the field. But I tell you what he was doing, he was getting distance on the kicks. So as soon as they come down, it wasn't simple. Now it got a little bit, it looked a little bit simple for maybe that 10 or 15 minute period when Donegal got got on top. It looked as if they were playing against Armagh again, where you know it was simple just to knock the ball over the bar very, very easily. They looked very accurate. They had no they, uh, Donegal had no wides in the first half um, Cavan had six but Cavan had to be buoyed going in at half time and like if you look at their second half performances you look at the performance in extra, extra time against uh, Monaghan they obviously have legs uh, look I could go on all day talking about them because they just brought something to the championship that I, that I haven't seen for some time and in a time, you're right, Paul, in a time where it is about processes and it's about video analysis, but all those things, what is wrong with a bit of raw emotion sometimes? So if you can imagine, uh, Cavan are tactically right. So they're going to... Ta- now, what you have to have then is you have to have players to implement that. But you have to put another layer on top. If you're rank underdogs, you have to put another layer on top of that. And that is that bit of feistiness, that uh, bit of aggression, that in-your-face, that not to back down. I seen Neil McGee having a go at Garou McKeon, and he was, it was about 20 yards from me, and he kept talking. And Garou McKeon just stared through him. Normally, players get involved. You know, they, they, he gets them off their game. Uh, no, they, were just, they just were staring right through them. They looked like a team who believed in exactly in everything that Mickey Graham had sold them. Uh, for the for for the last week, it's another testament also to like people keep saying Calvin have played six weeks in a row. That, that I don't know about you guys, but that wouldn't phase me. I, I play six weeks in a row because you know why? You're doing nothing in between, and I hate the training. <laughs> I'm, play, I'm I'm most uh, most players I know, uh, not maybe not hate it, it's a strong word, but dislike it, and uh, and they're going from one game to the next. All they're doing is recovery in between. Uh, like 
Jerry Jerry Smith, and I'm 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 sorry you never got to give him a shout out yesterday. Jared Smith, I'm sorry you never got to give him a shout out yesterday. When I was working on BBC, but uh, him, Luke Fortune, uh, you know, Killian Killian Brady, uh, you know, uh, you know, and that's um, we're not talking about the big boys. Uh, you look at Oshin Kiernan, Horrick uh, Faulkner, full back, Horrick Faulkner, but Oshin Kiernan. Two, this team two years ago was getting tr- treated with chemotherapy. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And extraordinary, you know, really. Yeah, extraordinary. But the point he kicked, the point was absolute. Like, it was ridiculous. It was, he was on his wrong side, left. Were forward. you shouting at him not to shoot at that point? No, I was shouting at the Grove McKiernan got the free kick. And I was shouting, Jesus, keep the ball. You know, keep the ball. And what happened? Sh- I wasn't sh- I wasn't sh- I was sh- I was at this stage. I don't yeah. think I was shouting it, but I was definitely <laughs> saying it. And then the next thing, you didn't have, obviously have a lot of options on, and he kicked it, and I went, oh, no. And uh, Patton comes out fisted it, and Conor Madden sticks in the back of the net. Do you actually coach teams as well as be a pundit? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was the perfect time to hold on to the ball. I didn't think it was going to take a goal to win the game, but obviously... But Conor Madden also set a brand new record yesterday for the for the person who come on and off the field most of the twice <laughs> yeah. in the first half as a blood sub. It was like then the hokey cokey there at one yeah, stage. Then, going in and out. On, then he gets a black card from himself. Then he comes back on, gets a goal, gets two points. Every single time, every play of the ball he got yesterday, he had a shot. I love that about him. Yeah. Is it was it desperation, lads, that we were looking to Donegal to challenge Dublin. Now we've actually managed to avoid talking about Saturday night, so we'll try and leave that for another couple of minutes. But can we just talk about Donegal? Is it desperation that we were looking at Donegal as genuine challengers or potential challengers to Dublin? Um, uh, from what I saw, Donegal, I, I, up to that game, I thought I thought they, I thought they looked very very impressive. I thought they looked very well organised. I thought they were physically in great shape. Um, they had a couple of guys that were kind of really starting to come into their own. Uh, Patermon, um, um, they had Murphy was 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 hopping off the ground. He felt like he looked light. He looked fit. He looked like he was kind of going to do damage anytime he got the ball. Um, but yesterday, they just seemed off where where they had set the pace at in previous games. Um, now, to be fair to Kevin, I thought they were outstanding and Oshin kind of gave a good detailed analysis on it there in relation to just their structure and, and ability to actually stick to a game plan and do it right and just be careful with the ball, make right decisions. Um, but uh, up to that game, I thought Donegal were the closest team to Dublin. Um, and I don't think I'd go back on that just based on, on what I had seen. Um, I think, as I said, they've super athletes. I think they'll they'll come back a lot better next year. In if we 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 can't we can't avoid this any longer. We we have to go to Saturday night and what happened in in Croke Park. I think part of the joy of Sunday was related to the despair of 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 Saturday night. And I know. If you were a hardcore dub with a sharp memory of the days when Mead used to come to the capital and beat up dubs for fun, you probably enjoyed the match. In fact, you really enjoyed the match. But for the rest of us, it was, it was I think, a painful experience, notwithstanding watching how brilliant Dublin were. Colm O'Rourke described it as a humiliation. 
Kieran Whelan said that the rest of Leinster were psychologically smashed at this point. Um, Oshin, how did you feel watching watching the Leinster football final? Uh, pretty devastated. Uh, I thought that um, I thought me I couldn't believe how how poor me were, uh, and look, I suppose football has definitely changed a lot. Uh, I quit inter-county football in 08 and I think it's it's changed and developed so much since then but I I, I don't think that the team I played on would have stood around and, and let what happened happen the other night regardless of how good the dubs are how somebody didn't throw a slap or a, you know and I'm not I'm not you know I'm not condoning that but at least then you know that the, the opposition is alive and well and and you know they're willing to to do something outside of the norm, but to sit there and just take it, you know, uh, I suppose that was the most disappointing thing. Uh, the dubs were very very good, but let's face it, lads. Like if 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 you're going to be let play like that, you know, if you're going to let the best team, if we're talking about the best team that has ever played Gaelic football, and you're going to turn around, you're going to let them play, you're going to offer no intensity, uh, you're not going to get a ta- you're not going to get tackles in. Uh, it's pretty desperate, and, and to be it's honest, more than that, though. Ocean as well, though, isn't it? It's it, more than I that. I think it because... is. I think it is. It is, Paul, because I think that me, you know, I spoke last week about me seemed to be getting the most out of yeah what what they had, and you know, you know, the best they could muster the other night was to be absolutely humiliated. Uh, you know, it's it's it's. It's really worrying times. It's worrying times, and and look at if if, if Dublin continued to do that to the last uh, in the Ten last in, a row. Two, in the in the last two games, we're in we're in we're in serious ball. I forget as far as Leinster concerned, you know, Leinster's been Leinster's been a dead duck for some time now. But uh, if this if this manifests itself now into a, an All Ireland series, I don't know what we're going to do. There, there is a thing we'll though. Have chase, we'll have to chase the Dubs. That's all we can do. But there, there is a thing as well, though. It's not just what what you do when Dublin have the ball. It's when you have the ball. And it seems to me to be impossible to beat Dublin if you don't mind the ball. And me did not mind the ball at all on Saturday night. They gave it back to Dublin. They found new ways to give it back to Dublin, actually, in the course, <laughs> in the course of the game. And if you do that, sure, you're out on your feet after 20 minutes. You can't yeah. get close enough even to, to get a slap at somebody. And um, Declan, you were there. Yeah, I was I was lucky to be part of the the bloody Sunday celebrations, Paul, which is you know something I'll I'll never forget, and it was an honour to represent every every tip footballer, every tip person up there, you know, on, on such a different type of weekend. emotion but, there on Saturday night. Oh, it was eerie, Paul. Like myself and Alan Brogan were were, were the, the flag bears. I'm glad that's all we had to do because like we were we were we were wrecks going out onto the field because it was um, just one of those you know everything was blackened out and. Um, you know, just to be a part of the whole thing. And then Brendan Gleeson, the voice started off, and you know, it was it was an amazing, amazing night, Paul. Um, you know, I haven't won an awful lot in my in my time, but it's up there with the with the best that I've done. You know, it's to be asked, and it was it was a privilege and honour. But after this after the ceremony, like I I saw I watched the dubs warming up, Paul, and like the condition of them is is incredible. It's just unbelievable and I love watching warm-ups I, I, I you know you, you, I'd always learn something for myself or when, you, when you're going coaching I love watching it but 
there's nothing scientific or Einsteiny to the dubs warm up. It's 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 basic. It's getting through things. It's everyone knowing their job. Um, and like you said there, you know, Mead, I'm I'm no I'm in no position to to have a go at Mead after all the hammerings I've received down through the years. And you know, so but it was just there was twice they got in behind the Dublin defence for goals, and the trigger should have been pulled. I didn't. They got swallowed up. I think the, I think Jordan Martin might have got a point out of one of them. And next minute, Cluxton puts it down to the tee, as Oshin alluded to there with with, with Patton in the, in the goal, a big long kick out to Conor Callahan, and then ends up with Kilkenny and Dean Rock in, in the back of the net and game over after after ten minutes. So it's it's you know Oshin said we're we're chasing the dubs, we are, and that's that's the scary part. There's no there's no let up with them. They could have scored, you know, they could have scored another couple of goals, and they were they were a bit wayward in their their shot selection as well. So. But for me, it's like, where do you go? Um, you know, I've been in that position for long periods of my career. Where do you go? Where do you start back? But um, there's a lot of soul searching to be done there because um, it just, it was never a game. And, and that's, the, that's the real pity. Like, whereas Tip and Kevin, we went for it yesterday, regardless of who we were playing, we, we had a go. We, we said we we're going to play, deliver long ball in, be on the front foot, have a go and no regrets. Like, I don't think Mead can, can say the same. Gonna go. Sorry, Paul. Just yeah, on, sure. Just on the you know the, the me getting them behind and not pulling the trigger. Uh, the Martin Riley yesterday he he running along the end line and and like uh, people are shouting at him fisted over the bar. And I imagine that's a decision that was made during the week that listen if we get in behind we're going for goal because it's going to take goals probably to win the game because that's yeah. what the the way they would have felt about it. And you know uh, me was so hesitant it was. It was scary in that situation, but sorry, I just wanted to talk about that one because you know it was the simple yeah. and easy thing was to fist it over the bar, and uh, he chose not to do that, which I thought was, uh, you know, which looked positive and felt positive. The, the only thing I thought about him that time was he he did have a runner the far side of the, at the post who was coming in his own at the back post wearing number four. Much in all as you would despise the idea of someone wearing number four scoring a goal in a championship match. It was a simple hand pass across and a slap in. Paul, do, Paul, do you think the two boys are there? Do you think the two boys are sitting there? I think they will pass it. No. No, would you pass it? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> You're on. Um, yeah, look, uh, what I'd say, it's, it's an interesting one because considering the amount of goals Mead have got over the last couple of games, but uh, like uh, for me, Mead looked like, and as you said there, Paul, they were running into tackles, they were getting turned over. It was like they didn't have a plan B. It looked like they were, this was the way they were going to play. All of a sudden, it's not working. We'll keep trying to do it. We'll keep trying to do it. But they kept getting turned over and Dublin kept having kept them on the back foot and punishing them. Um, I, when you're coming up against the likes of Dublin, and look, they were very, very impressive. But you need a plan B and potentially a plan C and, and even a plan D. Like the, the way they mix it and play the, the game, you need to understand that throughout certain parts in the game, and particularly you now with the water breaks that were, that were added this year, you need to structure almost around how Dublin play, which is an indictment in, in I suppose, how, do, how good Dublin are. Um, and as I said, we're, everyone's chasing him. But in order to break them down, you can't go into a game against Dublin with just one plan. Um, maybe maybe me didn't do that. Maybe me just left it too late uh, and decided to, to flip it at a certain stage. But Dublin had, had the game over at that point. But 
I just think in relation to going into a game against Dublin, you just need to be prepared for, for all things that are going to happen in the game, different scenarios. Um, you know, you take a couple of points lead, Dublin take, you know, a five-point lead. How do we get it back? Do we shut it down? Do we be more offensive? Do we, you know, play with more width? As we know, Dublin like to go down through the middle. Um, so, like, there's almost this, this preparation that needs to go into Dublin that is next level now. Um, and in saying that, I think it's preparation that the way that the game's going anyway, the fact that we're all chasing them, high performance, preparation, opposition analysis, all this sort of work that needs to go in now is, is at a very, very high level. And if you don't have that work done and you're coming in against the Dubs in Crow Park and the Leinster final, then they'll punish you. I know Pat Spillane said the other night that, you know, a serious analysis was pointless, but I do think that other thing, other teams can get can get something out of it, as in don'ts, sort of things yeah. that you, you cannot do against them. I suppose that's maybe one thing that, you know, Cavan will look at, you know, and obviously... Don't the ball being number one. Yeah, yeah, probably not, probably not give them the ball, give them the opportunities. Um but also, I think you know, like, don't let McCarthy really influence over the game that he that he can. I mean, like, uh, I've been saying this for for some time now, lads. If I was playing against Dublin in the morning, I'd man mark McCarthy, and I'd put somebody on him that is willing to sacrifice their game. I just think he's that important to them now, and I think me just let him have way too much influence on on uh, on the way that way the players. You know, he come back and fill holes. And he's just let do saunter about and do whatever he wanted. And uh, you know, I've been saying that for some time. That's that's the first point. That's the first. Uh, I suppose that's the first nail that I, that I would hammer if I was playing against against the Dubs. But look, they have a lot. Of, there's a lot of things you have to do. But there's a couple of don'ts maybe that that people could get out of the game the other night. Declan, I, you you mightn't have heard this earlier, but uh, about a month ago, these two lads were talking about how Dublin's discipline was had slipped a lot. You know that the, the, they didn't have the bench that they had previously. That that step back. Do you see this? Hey, you need to get rid of the two of those, Pat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, bring, <laughs> they're, they're bringing down the reputation of this. <laughs> Just the two of us, so, Declan. So, we killed it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to now. add to that. I'm not going to add to that part. <laughs> I quit. Um, no, you know, we're, I would love to say we're potentially going to face this on our Ireland final day. I'll take on Oshin's don'ts and I'll pass them on to the tip management. <laughs> they might, they might work out. Um, you know, but we, like we, potentially Dublin and no disrespect to Cabin, May or Tip, they could beat the pick of the three teams. And that's the, that's the scary part. Um, they're just they're just a machine that you know we all thought Kerry are the next team, Donegal are the next team, but they're all after falling as well. So um, you know, I, I was I said lucky enough to watch the game and to see their subs warming up, Philly McMahon, Cormac Costello, Eric Lown, you know, it's Philly McMahon or um McMinimum, you know, they're just you know coming off the bench ready for a rattle at it again and and as eager and enthusiastic, which I find strange because you know, again, not to be disrespectful, but I hated being a sub. I, I, you know, it was. Then again, if I if I was a sub and had four, five all iron medals in my back pocket, it might be, it might be different. But um, they were just mad to get on the field, Paul, and have some input and put their hand up for, for a semi final um, inclusion. You know, but um, they're not going away. Cluxton, you know, I agree totally with Oshin. Like McCarthy is just an engine. He is unbelievable. He doesn't stop going. 
And I, I agree totally there. You nail him down and you, you have some bit of a chance. But Cluck's inside the goal. I was watching him. Um, he had to, he to run around the 21 and the 13 to warm up. He was he was so inactive and so so cold on the night, you know. So, um, But it's a scary thought, you know. But would we love a rattle at him? Would Mayo love a rattle at him? Kevin will certainly love a rattle at him and see what we can bring to the table. So we can't throw, I can't throw stones yet, Paul, about me because... You know, we could end up facing the, the same torment yeah. as well. So, um, you know, you feel sorry for me. Like, no one goes out to play poorly. No one goes out to get tactics wrong. No one, like, you know, and the same in Kerry, same in Cork. Like, it's easy to throw in the boot. Um, but that's the way the, 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 the cookie crumbled this year. And, you know, they'll all, they'll all get back on the horse again. But it's very hard, very, very hard to look past Dublin. I, I want to look back, just take a jump back 100 years to the All-Ireland semi-finals that were played 100 years, the 1920 All-Ireland semi-finals. Tipperary played Mayo in the first game and it's, it's probably the nature of football that uh, the final score in that Tipperary-Mayo semi-final of 1920 was Tipperary one goal and five points, Mayo one goal. Yeah. Now, the other semi-final was Dublin-Cavan and Dublin won 3-6 to 1-3 but the game was played in Navan. Oshin. Where should this game between Dublin and Cavan be played? Um, well, it definitely shouldn't be played in Crow Park. Uh, my own personal preference is Newry. Uh, it's nice and close to me. It's only half an hour away. But uh, <laughs> but I think I think in all seriousness, uh, this is a no-brainer now. And I think you know all I've heard all year is about the integrity of competitions, integrity this, integrity that. Uh, this should not need to be a campaign from from uh, Cavan this should be something that uh, the GEA say listen lads you know uh, in fairness integrity we're not talking about safety we're not talking about crowds we're not talking about um, um, revenue. revenue or letting uh, the most amount of people see uh, a spectacle like this we could play this anywhere you know as far as um, you know playing on it like the argument is probably going to be the surface but uh, you know, there's 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 a couple of pitches that can take this game absolutely no problem, and I I, don't, I think it's a no-brainer. I think uh, the first thing that should be done is the Cavan should get a phone call and ask if they would like the game moved out because maybe Cavan want to go to Croke Park. Yeah, they might want to play in Croke Park. Yeah, maybe maybe they do. Uh, but you know, what whatever about going to Croke Park, you seen I suppose that the the if you want a a comparison, watch Meath versus. Dublin in the league in Parnell, in Parnell. Park, yeah, and watch uh, the difference with the other night. So <clears throat> for me, it's a no-brainer, and I hope that you know rather than this being reactive and, and us having another Newbridge or Noah, that somebody up there is proactive and gets this, uh, gets this, gets the ball rolling on this ASAP. We have to take the final out of Dublin as well, so Oshin. Well, there, there's no, <laughs> honestly, like. You know, the, fi- the like the final normally has to be played in Crow Park, obviously, and it probably will be. There's a there's a, a more concrete argument for playing the final there, but uh, but hey, I wouldn't. Uh, that should be up for 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 uh, for discussion as well. And if you have a strong enough county board um, behind you, Tip and Dublin could be anywhere. Yeah, you're on. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I would say, and, and Oshin's right, the, the county board, Cavan County Board, should be consulted on it, at, at the very least. 
um, and 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 maybe it should be talked through. It certainly shouldn't be ignored. Um, yeah, I've I've played in Crow Park a few times. Um, I, I think and 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 look, I can't really comment on on. I suppose the I haven't played there in a long, long time. But in relation to the size and the scale of it, and Dublin being used to playing on it, it's it is a significant advantage. Um, uh, uh, yeah, look, I, I suppose that the question came a little bit left field there. I would say that Cavan County Board need to be consulted on it. Um, I do think it's it's something that needs to be discussed, but needs to be discussed sooner rather than later. Um, and that that's all I can really comment on it. Um, I I do think the All Ireland final would will need to stay in Crow Park, and that's yeah. <laughs> again based based back based back to tradition. <laughs> that that the famous word that we talked about in the last couple. Couple of weeks, but she wants to play in Cross McLen in fairness. <laughs> to try. We probably we probably can't manage that. One more thing to do. We have one more thing to try. To the best players of the provincial championship in each in each uh, province. Best player and best newcomer in Ulster. Oshin. Uh Thomas Galligan and Thomas Galligan. Where do we where do we stand on that, lads? I yeah. I actually had I had Thomas Galligan as well. Um, I, I, had, I had I had Garrod Garrod McKieran, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm the same, yeah. Just two two standout players. I thought, and and we we didn't really touch on it too much, but I thought Thomas Galligan yesterday was was outstanding. Um, big moments in the game where he just won primary possession, just willed himself willed himself into the game, um, put his body on the line. Um, it was just it was just a great performance. But I just think he's he's certainly. Uh, Stepped onto the stage, you now and and has stamped his uh, his profile onto the the, the 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 upper side of the of the scale in relation to, to players. Um, and obviously, Garrod McKiernan just just being able to consistently do it over the last number of years, and again, just standing out, monster around the ground. His footballing ability for such a big man, left and right. Um, yeah, he he just really stood out for me. So I, I would have been with you, Oshin, but you're beating two one on on that one. I, I would make a shout out for Patter Morgan as uh, <laughs> as the as the newcomer so, as year. I think he's had a an excellent year for Donegal, although he was quiet yesterday. Connacht, best best footballer in Connacht and the best newcomer. I I I had Owen McLaughlin as as best newcomer. I was actually between him and, and Tommy Conroy. Um, oh, yeah. I, I thought that they were just guys that have really kind of stepped up um, and have stood out. Um, in relation to the best, um, like uh, it's hard to look past the likes of uh, Aidan O'Shea. I thought, like, you know, although he hasn't, I don't think, got back to his, you know, real best, he's been kind of in full forward, out center forward, out midfield. It's been a bit of a, a mixed bag for him, but I think he's uh, he's certainly um, shown that you know, he's I'd say he's getting ready for a big, big semi final. Uh, for me, Killian O'Connor and uh, Tommy Conroy. That's yeah. so I had as well, yeah. I, I, I would have gone, gone for Paddy Durkin uh, as the best footballer, but Killian O'Connor, we, we, we go with Killian O'Connor for that. Well, Shane, Shane, Walsh, Shane Walsh was close too. Yeah, yeah. he, he yeah. Um, Munster. Declan, do you want to have a go All at Munster? Tip. All tip. How many can I name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joint award, is it? I, I, Sorry about this, Kieran. This is that's all right. That's all right. That's fine. Sorry, Kieran. No, I have no a matter. I have a cork. I have a cork man in there. I've I've Connor Sweeney picked for the the player of the year. Obviously, yes. you know, just just for consistency alone. Um, 
you know, when when we were struggling with with, with Quinlivan and and the, the big lads, um, you know, he, he kept us going, and only for that score against Limerick from the sideline, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking about this today. So uh, he was incredible. I think for me, the young young player like Sean Pelter, you know, I know he's after he's after going through hell for the last um, couple of years with injuries, and obviously we were delighted not to see him on the pitch um, yesterday, but like. The semi-final, he was incredible. I don't, I don't think we would have handled him either yesterday if he was on the field. So, um, you know, I think he was, he was, he was incredible. And, and it's an awful pity you need to sort his hamstrings out here on some bit because <laughs> we're we're all at a loss not seeing him play. But as regards ourselves, when he was announced that he wasn't part of it or wasn't playing, it was it was a huge huge boost. Um, because you know you don't need, as Oshin said about um, Cabin, was it Brady or, or Clark going forward? You know, um, Langan had to chase back. We would have been doing the exact same thing with, with Powder, you know. So, great player. Leinster. Um, I had McCarthy and Bugler. James McCarthy and Sean Bugler. Yeah. Yeah. Kieran. I had Paddy Small and, and McCarthy. And uh, look, I, 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 it was a, a toss up between McCarthy and Kilkenny. I talked Kilkenny. Kilkenny, yeah. Yeah. His last few games were, were outstanding. And again, being able to mix it full forward, centre forward, and just being able to link up play. Just what he he's doing it time and time again. So they were they were the players for me. Yeah, I kick any and Bugler. Yeah. Okay, so Sean Bugler, I know Sean Bugler. He's uh, he's in the club that my kids play in up here. He is a tremendous young fella. On the Saturday after Dublin won the last All Ireland, Sean Bugler came up and into the nursery. Did the morning in the nursery. He takes a minor team in the club. He's up around the place. Also, I'm finding for find it's very hard to say, but I'm giving. It, I would have gone. I would have gone with Jordan Morris because I thought it, even Jordan Morris kept going to the end for me last uh, last Saturday. Kicked a couple of points. Fair enough, yeah. it was late on, but I I I, I would have uh, I would have pushed for him. Um. So, last question on this then: If the Player of the Year award was being given out after the provincial finals, who's getting it? Thomas Gallagher for me. Um, Dude, you can't give it to anybody in Leinster because there was no challenge up. So uh, yeah, outside of exhibition I, matches, I probably go. I probably go Connor Sweeney. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have to say, but same, but like like Jerome McKeon and, and Thomas Gallagher have been have been super as well. So it's um, like, yeah, I, I go with Sweeney. I'll obviously, you have to go with Sweeney. <laughs> yeah, I go. I, I go with James McCarthy. There's no football next weekend. We'll have to let the magic of last Sunday sustain us. But we will be back next week with an in-depth preview of the All-Ireland Senior Football Semi-Finals, which will feature two Division 3 teams. So it's Mayo against Tipperary and Dublin against Cavan. With thanks a million to Renault for getting us here, we'll talk to you lads again next week. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 